You are Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast on the Milwaukee Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, Milwaukee Bucks reporter at ESPN Milwaukee. Also, Milwaukee Bucks reporter at ESPN Louisville, Kentucky, uh, where I am right now <laughs> on vacation. And I want you all to know that Frank had to bring me to this podcast kicking and screaming because I did not want to do it because I'm drinking bourbon, I'm eating barbecue. I'm going to horse races at Churchill Downs. I'm generally having a great time with my family on vacation. So um, I just want everyone to know just how lucky they should feel that I actually decided to spend the hour that this is going to take to record this podcast. (laughs) We're paying you massive amounts of money to be here. That's what it took took to get you here. You do not like talking about the Milwaukee Bucks, but we we just offered you the 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 sponsorship dollars are just too big to ignore. So there is no there is no off season on on lockdown bucks. No, it does not exist. Um, so since we last convened, Frank, the NBA Finals uh, ended, and I guess one thing that is interesting is LeBron played the final three games with a broken hand. Um, Wait, now was it actually broken, or are we just taking the leap to broken? Is that has that been confirmed, or are we just assuming it was something like that? I don't know what it was. I just know okay. that there was something that was not right in his yeah. right hand. Yeah, I, I don't. Really and his know. and his shoot, it certainly seemed like that from his shooting, right? Because he went from being going nuts as a shooter the last couple of games before the injury to uh, to not really shooting that think, much or well. At all. Yeah, as I say, I think 7 of 14 from outside the paint in game one, and then 4 of 14 from outside the paint in games two through four, um, which I think speaks to obviously his, uh, I don't know, I I guess probably his fear and I guess just his inability to actually shoot the basketball from outside the paint. Um, You can see that both in frequency and accuracy. And I I mean, that's just crazy. Um, Also, I was thinking about this and I saw some people like mad that how didn't any of those reporters in Cleveland get that scoop? Like if LeBron doesn't want you to know, like, how do you get it? Yeah, it was just such a strange thing. Like, oh, this is convenient. Well, if they if the Warriors knew, don't don't you think Draymond Green grabs his hand every time down the floor? Right? Like, isn't he? That seems like something Draymond would do. No. Yeah, I, I think it's obvious you wouldn't tell people if you know. It makes sense to me that nobody would have revealed it, right? Because it's, kind of, it's more like a hockey thing, right? Like the <laughs> nobody is upfront about injuries in hockey because yep. of kind of that reason. Like everything becomes like a lower body injury or is like the, <laughs> the, the most common injury in, in hockey. Cause nobody wants to admit what kind of injuries people have. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, if, if his hand was, you know, actually badly injured, then it makes sense that they wouldn't really say anything about it, um, until the end. And, and obviously I agree as well. Like, I mean, who knows, it doesn't, it's not clear exactly what the severity was. Um, but I don't know. I, I assume they're not like inventing the injury either. And, um, I think it says a lot though, that, 
you know, he had this injury and honestly, like we wouldn't be talking about LeBron's, you know, performance being some massive drop off or like him choking in the finals, even with a broken hand, like even if we didn't know of anything about it, yeah. um, you know, I, I don't know what his finals numbers ended up being, but you know, he led the league as usual, um, in the playoffs, you know, his advanced numbers, he had the best PER 32.2, which would be pretty sure the greatest of all time if you did that in the regular season. Um, but 32.2 PER, 62% true shooting, 14, a plus 14 BPM, which is insane, led the league. You know, Vorp, win shares, all best in the league. Um, you know, just kind of usual insane LeBron numbers. Um, well, let me just... His, his, his playoff per game numbers, 34 points, 9.1 rebounds, 9.0 assists. Um, I mean, you know, just <laughs> kind of absurd. And, you know, again, like it, it's, uh, yeah, what can more you can say about him? But I don't know. I um, Yeah, I mean, obviously it wasn't a satisfying way to end the, the season just because, you know, you hope for more than a, than a sweep. But, you know, as we kind of were talking about, the concern was that that first game that, you know, that, that kind of killed off any chance to make it a real series. And obviously, um, I mean, you know, the first three games were all competitive, right? I mean, it's yeah. not like Golden State just crushed them um, in this series. They they crushed them in game four. But um, certainly those first three games, those are the ones that you look back and say, especially game one, what, what might have been. And um, obviously, I, I I mean, I think the, you know, Kevin Durant ruined basketball thesis is just super, super overcooked. Um, yes. Because I, I don't know, I just... I just feel like, I mean, this Rockets team literally, what, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, was on the verge of being eliminated by the Houston Rockets. And if Chris Paul doesn't get hurt, I'd say there's probably a better than 50-50 chance that they do lose one of those last two games um, against the the Houston Rockets. So um, as much as, I don't know, people now, like people kind of quickly shifted back into like, oh, this was inevitable and we knew it. And, you know, there was no competitiveness and in, in whatever. And certainly the finals were, were obviously not as competitive as you'd like. But um, to say that the warriors you know that the season was you know had no point or something like that i mean last year i think there was a much better argument for that because the warriors went 16 and one and you know they they kind of just crushed and cruised through the playoffs but this year i mean they were really tested and again i think you know that's what you love about the nba you know as i've said before teams all these these great teams i mean they seem unbeatable until they're not right and we got very close to the warriors losing in the western west finals and um you know, I, I think we probably would have had a, probably a fairly uncompetitive finals if Chris Paul and, and the Rockets are, are healthy and in the finals. But um, again, you know, I think a lot of it's just fatigue from those two teams. And you know, again, like if uh, you know, I think just a lot of the politics around Kevin Durant's decision from from two years ago, which again is what it is. But um, you know, there's been there have been dominant teams throughout NBA history, and this may be kind of the most dominant in terms of talent relative to kind of competition. But um, certainly, that hasn't meant that it's been a cakewalk for the Warriors either. Yeah, that that's that part of the take is what kills me. Is that like if you don't like the Warriors, just say you don't like the Warriors. Or if you don't like what Kevin Durant did, just say you don't like what Kevin Durant did. But don't say i don't like the warriors or the warriors ruined the nba because of the inevitability like the champion was inevitable cuz that's bs because as far as as far as i remember and as far as i know i feel like mj winning was pretty inevitable i also feel like in the last couple months a number of people told me their favorite bradley center moment was 
being in the building for Jordan and the Bulls winning 70 in 96. That was their favorite moment. Not Bucks related, MJ related. You're not a like you're not a Bulls fan, you're a Bucks fan. And that was the thing you liked most was MJ dominating. You were into. So like you liked MJ, you just don't like the Warriors, which is fine. That's a fine take to have. I'm just tired of people hiding it and trying to cloak it in this inevitability. Oh, you hated the Celtics in the 60s, too. You hated Magic's Lakers teams always getting to the finals. You hated the Celtics always being in the finals. Like, come on. Like, that's a lie. Like, it is just a flat-out lie that you dislike this team because of inevitability. You dislike this team because you don't like what Kevin Durant did. Yeah, and again, I also... I, I kind of get why Kevin Durant did it, right? I mean, yeah. he's got two straight finals MVPs, and you know, I think a lot of people obviously still question sort. Of, and I think it's, it, I think it's relevant, sort of, in the, the discussion of like Kevin Durant's legacy. If he wants to be like a top five all time player, then I think, sure, you know, certainly like that matters. Just like it mattered that LeBron, it really mattered that LeBron won that title in Cleveland because I think to some extent, understandably, people devalued the Heat championships a little bit, yep. you know, at least a little bit, um, just because, again, it felt like the rosters were, were kind of stacked, you know, and so to go back to Cleveland, even though he also had, you know, two all-stars, <laughs> two great players in Kyrie and Kevin Love um, there as well, I think certainly um, beating a 73-win Warriors team, I mean, there's you know, legacy-wise, I don't know if there's any single championship. You know, when you talk about the the very, 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 very elite players in NBA history, I don't know if any championship has been as important to a player's legacy as as uh, as that one, right? Because that really has, um, I mean, it stands out as one of the great finals performances, one of the great, you know, I don't know, not we're great underdog stories, but certainly, I mean, there's never been a 73 win team before, and um, you know, all the the, the 72 win Bulls won the championship, and um, yeah, it's uh, it was pretty incredible. So. Um, I don't know. I mean, again, like it's kind of funny because I feel like the people saying like, I don't know. It's like, are 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 there a lot of people who like used to watch like who watched the NBA three years ago who are now turning off their TVs because of Kevin Durant? Like that that to me when you say like he really <laughs> ruined the NBA and again maybe I'm sort of cherry picking kind of the most extreme views of it, but um, you know I feel like it's a lot of it's just frustrated NBA fans who are still watching, still paying attention, um, who would just want you know. Durant want want more parity among kind of the very best teams like you know, and I think that's true everybody wants to have like three or four teams that that could be you know 65 win championship teams going into a season right like you want to have like great the potential for greatness um but if you know if it was you know just a if there were like 10 54 win teams and any of them could win a championship then we'd probably also be complaining about well there's no great teams none of these teams are that great right like there's no dominant team so it's always the fine line of like you know, dynasties, I think, have the greatest sort of, you know, people remember them in the decades to come. And I think certainly the Warriors are on their way to being the team that that gets remembered probably this decade, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, by the same token, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, how how far did they take this? Right. Because um, I think certainly LeBron's decision this summer, um, Paul George's decision this summer, all these guys who could swing the balance of power at least a little bit in LeBron's case a lot um where they go I mean is going to have a huge impact on whether um on whether Warriors kind of continue to kind of mop up championships for the next couple years or um I think the other interesting thing is you know LeBron LeBron in particular could join pretty much any team at this point other than the Warriors and nobody's going to tell him Oh, you're just you're just cherry picking, ring chasing, whatever, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. if he goes to the Rockets, it's gonna be like, great, 
we wanted a team that could challenge could challenge Golden State if he goes to you know Philly wherever. Um, you know, I think LeBron is kind of in a, a very different situation because now he's the one chasing the super team. And there's, I don't know if there's any team that he could join that would immediately be favored over the uh, over the Warriors, especially given that a team like the Rockets would probably have to lose really some key pieces to in order to make it work. But um, yeah, it's uh, it, it, you know, this is we're, we're officially in the off season, and let's be honest, like the off season is oftentimes the kind of most fun exciting <laughs> part of the nba season which is a little, always a little weird to say but you know it's the the time of infinite possibility for everybody and um certainly for teams like the bucks where you're not necessarily in the championship discussion but you're still trying to get onto the fringes of it um it's fun in different ways if you're a team in the lottery and you know looking at draft prospects in the top five it's different and it's also fun in different ways so um no no shortage of things to talk about and um certainly the, the next month here now that we're in june um this is kind of peak nba in a, in a lot of ways all right um thinking about nba free, ad- free agency nothing to do with the milwaukee bucks do you have a hot take a crazy scenario something you want to see anything like that for this offseason this will not be uh critiqued or judged in any way is there something you want to see or something you think we'll see do you have any free agency interesting take you know it was interesting i was visiting my in-laws in houston this weekend and i'll a bunch of people were asking me about LeBron going to the Rockets. And I think there's, it, it's sort of interesting. I think like every fan base, probably there, a lot of the fan bases that at least have like remote chances of LeBron going there probably are having their own version of this conversation about like feeling like they're right in that mix. I mean, hell I, you know, I follow some like random bucks, Instagram things. And like, I see these like random photoshops of like LeBron in a Bucks jersey, and it just I just like shake my head because it's like <laughs> really like are we are we doing this too? Like we're really thinking you know, it's like well I mean aside from the Bucks not having cap space, I mean again like if LeBron wants to go someplace, he they'll, they'll probably be able to, they'll probably make it happen. I mean Houston might be the most difficult, um, but you know a team like the Bucks like I mean if LeBron literally put his foot down and said I'm going to the Milwaukee Bucks, Cavs make it happen. I'm sure you could figure out a way to match salaries and especially if, you know, again, if Cleveland knows that he's gone. So yeah, I mean, in theory it could happen, right? I mean, you could, you could probably make a trade that, that again, kind of, you know, involved, you know, like an Eric Bledsoe. It, it probably involves LeBron opting into the final year of his contract of 30 plus million. And then, you know, trying to construct some kind of trade around that with maybe like a, a pick or something like that. But I mean, in theory it's possible um, I think that maybe this will be the last time I utter the possibility of it. I, I know someone uh, who asked me about it this weekend. Someone asked me to like talk about the possibility of it. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I, again, I, <laughs> I think in terms of how you would do it, um, you know, again, it probably involves uh, it, it's such a weird, a weird dynamic. Oh, it was uh, at MKE Anonymous asked me. So can I expect a lockdown pod dedicated to our free agency run at LeBron? Come on, that would change the game and keep Giannis here for sure. Hashtag LeBron to MKE. Uh, yes, it would keep a lot, but it probably would keep Giannis here if LeBron was here for a few years. But again, the only thing crazier to me than LeBron coming here for like a year or two is LeBron staying like four or five years. Um, but uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, but yeah, it, it would be uh, it would be fascinating. I just don't think it's worthy of a, an entire long conversation. But, I, you know, it's kind of funny. Like, I mean, when I think about what I would want to see happen, um, you know, given my wife is a Rockets fan, I think it'd be very fun to see LeBron end up in Houston. Um, mm-hmm. it, it would be a weird combination. I mean, it was already interesting seeing Harden and Paul go together, and they made that work, obviously. But to add LeBron <laughs> to that mix as well, given that he's like 
literally you're putting together like maybe the three most dominant like on ball players in yes. the league. Um, it would be it to borrow an Eric name phrase, fascinating to see it happen. <laughs> um, I'm sure they could figure it out. I mean, really, I, I mean, I don't, even, I don't even think the Rockets would be better necessarily during the regular season at all. I think it's really just like you know, you're really doing that just to see if you have enough firepower. Um, to avoid the kind of droughts that, and not just the over 27 from three drought that the Rockets had, but in general, I mean, the Rockets struggled to score at a high rate against the the Warriors in the playoffs, and they had to work so hard defensively that you know it was it was definitely a situation where yeah, they could have used uh, an extra creator, especially when you lose one of the other guys, right? When Chris Paul gets hurt, so I think Houston would be the most interesting one to me just selfishly because i have some rooting interest there and again yes i would prefer he go to the bucks but i'm dismissing that um (laughs) other otherwise i think the most interesting place i mean i would be just generally fascinated to see him go like if he went to la with paul george um i think that would just be interesting just because you're basically creating like a contender from nothing basically you know like philly is going to be a contender in the east it would just be a matter of levels like how much does lebron boost them right um I think him going to to L.A. and selfishly again, like, I, yeah, I mean, there's definitely some appeal in him going west just so we don't have to see LeBron be in the <laughs> East anymore as, as a fan of an East team. Um, but I think it would be interesting just because also just from a roster construction standpoint, like how fast can you not from, I mean, they're not a zero team, right? But how fast can you go from a total rebuild team to a team that could actually contend for a championship? Right. And I actually don't think. LA is as far away from being super competitive as maybe some people think because you know again I mean the, obviously the the Warrior, the uh, Cavs weren't competitive with the um, with the Warriors in the finals but or at least you know whatever like they didn't win, they didn't win a game um, but I think if you had LeBron and you were able to get like a Paul George and you know let's say you parlayed um, and some people have kind of asked about like if a team like the Bucks could, you know, can you take on like Luol Deng and, and get, you know, a Kuzma or uh, somebody like that or, you know, like some, or, or even Ingram, right, in some kind of trade. I think they actually are interestingly positioned because with Kuzma, Ingram and Lonzo, they could actually also make another trade to acquire like another really good like veteran player if they wanted. And they do have like a number of younger guys who I think do contribute. So I think it'd be an actually a pretty interesting team. Um to throw into the mix in the West. Um, and again, I, you know, I know a lot of people just sort of generally hate the Lakers and I mean, they, you know, for them to get LeBron would be kind of wrong just on a basic fan <laughs> level. Cause they just had it too good. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I mean, it'd be an interesting, uh, it'd be, I think an interesting thing. And, you know, again, I, I you know, we're, we're going to have to hear about the Lakers anyway. Um, so, so it's not like we can escape them. Um, but I think literally impossible to escape. Yeah, they're impossible to escape. but, um, I think that would be cool. I, I generally would probably least want him to go to Philly or, I mean, Boston, I don't think is even really, I, mean, I don't think anybody would think see him going to Boston, especially with Kyrie there. Um, I think Philly, I don't know. I just, I don't think he's, I, I, don't, I think it's probably the, the worst fit of any great team just because him and Simmons do a lot of similar things um, or need the ball so much. But um, yeah, I don't know. So my, my personal favorite would be Houston. Um, maybe my sort of more pragmatic kind of interested as a fan sort of view would say LA. Um, but I don't know. What do you think? Do any of those sort of options kind of intrigue you? Uh, this was something that was thrown to me by friend of the podcast, Dan Schaefer. And he said, Durant gets tired of not getting enough credit, opts out, goes to, L- <laughs> goes to L.A., then LeBron joins him in L.A., 
So those two in LA. <laughs> then Houston has their crew. The Warriors have their crew. And then hopefully you've removed the superpower of the Cavs in the East. And then you have Boston, Philly. Uh, and then if the Bucks are able to get into that as well. And then you have a bunch of, to me, fun teams. Um, so uh, that's a total dream scenario. Um, but whatever, this is not supposed to be re- like realistic or whatever. And that, that would be where my head is at. I think that would be really fun to see those two. Um, also, it would be fun because... Once again, Durant would have put himself in a position where he's not going to get credit for the work that he does. Uh, which That's I, why that scenario never even crossed my mind. Cause I just, <laughs> there's like no way Kevin Durant is someplace else next year. But fine, Dan, if, if Dan's going to stretch the, uh, the, the sort of believability, then yes, that would be extremely amusing if that was the case. But don't you, like, do uh, you think Durant's content to be a warrior for the rest of his career? Or I shouldn't say the rest of his career, but the rest of this dynasty. Um, I I think he is for for the next few years. Yeah, because I mean, I just hear because if he wins, I mean, if he wins like four or five titles, um, again, I don't think in twenty thirty years people are going to like talk about like oh Warriors fans didn't even like Durant that much or some <laughs> you know, some of the stuff right. Like I mean, I think he'll go down. I think he'll go down about with as about as big of a profile as he possibly could. I mean, like, what's the exchange rate, right? Like, is yeah. winning five five championships in Golden State worth less than one in Oklahoma City? I, I don't know. I mean, I don't really think that's the case. I think if he wins, you know, he's on two now. He's two for two in in Golden State. I mean, I think if they win three four um, championships, and again, I think it's. I think people also understate how hard it is to win like first off back to back back to back is hard like teams yep. just the spurs never did back to back i mean it's, it is hard to win back to back championships um i mean the the warriors you know come back at this after winning a championship win 73 games and fall short so i think winning back to back is really hard and then i think winning three four five titles that's really hard i mean look you know miami is another good example right like they did win back to back but they lost on the front and back ends of the LeBron year so um so yeah, I, I think he would probably I think his best move is to be honest, just to kind of sit tight and just ride it out there and just win a crap ton of titles. And um, you know, again, I think if LeBron, you know, um well, I I I you almost want to put LeBron aside. I, I don't know. I mean again, it's just like well, if he goes to some like where where you know, like if he goes someplace else where he's gonna get more credit for winning a championship, well, what are the odds he even wins a championship yeah. there? You know, I mean it's just it, it's such a it's such a uh, uh, risky thing, and I, I don't know. Like I was listening to the, the um, I almost called them Basketball Jones, the starters uh, drop pod on Friday, and like Skeets are out this thing of, you know, was LeBron beating the the seventy three and Warriors in some weird way bad because it allowed Durant to go there, and maybe LeBron wins like the last two championships against a huh. uh, warrior or against a Durantless Warriors, and like I kind of heard, it, I was just like, well, first off, like the odds of them winning, like it's probably best scenario that they win like one of the last two, in yep. which case they have this, he's got the same result as if he just wins against the 73 win team. And like I said, I think that one championship meant more than anything else. So the idea that he would trade that single championship for anything, I think is, and again, I mean, it was Skeet's phrase is sort of like a hot takey thing. So I think the idea that, you know, that would ever be, he would ever trade that championship for anything. Right. I think is it doesn't pass the smell test for me, but certainly you can think about all these different kind of what ifs and um, you know what if what if the Thunder close out the Warriors mm-hmm. you know 
three years ago, right? I mean, then obviously we're in a really different place, and I think the I think the Thunder win a championship that year. To be honest, I think they, I think they beat the the Cavs most likely, but who knows? Maybe the Cavs beat them. So um, yeah, I don't know, but I, I think it's just I, I think it's easy to say Durant should go win a championship someplace else. I think it's just it's really hard to win championships, <laughs> and I think there's a good chance that um, that he could go to someplace else and and come up short. In which case. I think he's looks, you know, a fair bit worse than than uh, than if he just keeps rolling up titles in in Golden State, which I think again is very very possible. I think what's interesting is like we are now in in, in a stage of basketball discussion and analysis where we simultaneously create and then also critique narratives, and it's just weird to like kind of think back about you know how games used to be covered and how the game in general used to be covered like there's just such a higher level of attention and analysis and hand-wringing and all these different things put onto every single game like we we're constantly reshaping the narrative after all this stuff and like i I just feel like again maybe that existed in the past and i just didn't really get to live through it but i I would be shocked to find out that the narrative was shaped in the same way as it is now and uh, i just think it's it's just such a weird kind of position to be because there's a hot take after every game and then there's a hot take for that hot take and a hot take for the hot take for the hot take and then we just get into this spot where everything gets magnified and you're trying to somehow sift through everything and attempt to figure out what actually means something and i don't know it's just i just think it's a really interesting time to be a part of this even in some way in some small way like we are with this podcast like just to even be thinking about this stuff and what we're going to think about in the future about uh how this player won or lost or performed or anything like that and uh, i i don't know i just feel like uh, i don't want to say we've we've lost the point of this all but in some way i do feel we've sort of lost our way in that we just take on some sort of like god identity where we can tell what the future is going to hold for this person or what the future uh the future judges will feel occurred in these moments and i just don't know that we ever will because uh, eventually at some point when you look back and kevin Durant has five championships he's got three finals mvps he's got an mvp uh, a regular season mvp like won't you just be like yeah, that was one of the, I don't know, 10 to 15 best players of all time. Like, won't that just be what you would say? And in this moment, we're thinking of all the ways that you won't get credit, but all of a sudden, when that becomes, rather than the actual thing that's in front of us, something that's just on a page in a history book or a history tablet or something put into the inside of my eyelid, like, whatever it is, at that moment, that's just going to be what it is. There's not going to be any more analysis and any more stretching of points and figuring those things out in the future. Like whatever it is, it is. Yeah. And I mean, the other thing too, is, I mean, I think like when I think back to being a fan of the NBA in the nineties, like I don't think, you know, now it's just sort of like this taken as a given that Jordan is the greatest NBA player of all time. But I don't think it was like quite so unanimous like back then. I think, you know, cause again, I think, now we have an era of people who grew up watching Michael Jordan but didn't see all those other guys play. And so there isn't sort of the reverence for, you know, Wilt Chamberlain and Bill Russell and, 
you know, et cetera, Oscar Robertson, whatever else, right? Um, and so the oldest people in the conversation are like the people who grew up watching Michael Jordan, right? Um, and again, not to say there aren't people older who, you know, who are still active in like sports stuff, but, but you know, like the, the, the conversation is dominated by people in their, you know, let's say f- 20s through 40s, right? And if you're in your 40s, you probably saw Michael Jordan's peak and you probably saw, depending on how early you watch basketball, you probably saw like, you know, the eighties basketball, yeah. right? But you maybe were a kid and don't remember it as much. But so it's easy to kind of say like, well, Michael Jordan is the guy. Cause that, that, that's sort of what I kind of grew up with versus, you know, a lot of the people like the really old time guys who, who did have a better awareness of, of the Wilts and Brussels and things like that, you know, that they're now not really as much part of the discussion. I think you'll see in 20 years, I wouldn't be surprised at all if, you know, especially depending on what LeBron does in the last, you know, the last whatever X years of his career, if LeBron's status sort of elevates over time as well. Um, because again, like you'll just have fewer people who ever watched Jordan play. Yep. Um, and, and again, I, I don't know, we'll see. And I think somebody like Durant probably benefits there as well, just cause Durant will finish with crazy career scoring numbers and he'll win probably some more titles. And, um, you know, again, I don't think Durant will ever be in like the greatest of all time discussion, but whatever that's fine there's very few people who are right i mean that's it's kind of crazy it's like oh well, if you're not the greatest of all time whatever but um let me ask you one more question so i i mean i i don't think lebron is going back to cleveland but i, I mean i don't think you can rule it out just because there aren't you know again like the best there's no like just really obvious choice for him to go like the cap space teams like you know la might be the la and, and philly they're kind of obvious questions about going there um, and so it's not totally inconceivable that he could stay in Cleveland. I don't think it's likely, but you know, the idea of, um, of the Cavs, like of him coming back up, just, you know, coming back for one more year. Right. I mean, again, not that he has to decide for the next three years or something where he's going to go this summer, but if he comes back for one more year and, you know, basically with the agreement of we're going to take, you know, I mean, basically it'd have to be whoever they ended up taking at number eight in the draft. Cause you know, LeBron's not going to let them know until until July, right? When he starts to figure things out. But you know, maybe they can use that number eight pick along with um, some salary they have to to try to make a move to get you know some help. Um, they're clearly not. It's not like they're going to add two start two all stars or something like that this summer. Maybe they can add one all star using that pick or something like that. But I mean, do you think that is even like a, like a I don't know. Like I think that's maybe like a. 25% chance that maybe there's some scenario where he stays in Cleveland, but I also don't act like it's like impossible because again, like there's a ton of different scenarios that could be possible. I'm trying to think how Windhorse put it. And he said, if you asked me whether or not LeBron was leaving, I would say he's leaving. But if you asked me to handicap the teams that Le- LeBron will be on next year, I would pick the Cavaliers as the leader. Yeah. And and I just think it's really fascinating because um, it, it's tough to kind of figure out exactly where he may go. Um, but, man, I just can't imagine with how bad that relationship is with Dan Gilbert. Uh, how could you stay? Yeah, I just uh, – I, I really would I, – I can't imagine it because it just feels like at this point – they they made their deal with each other for a couple of years. They lived with it. Uh, they're able to get to some finals, and now they're at a point where it's just it needs to it needs to be done. And you you think of last summer and just the idea that they traded Kyrie Irving away, 
And again, you can believe what you want to believe, whether or not LeBron demanded it or if LeBron actually wanted him to stay and they were going to have to like work it out and make sure that he sticks around. Like Again, there's plenty of theories and you can believe what you want. But just the idea that when you traded him away, you made – I mean, you kind of half-assed it. Like You put – one half of, of your butt towards uh, building for the future and trying to get that pick, and then you put you the other half of your butt towards trying to have a team that could be playable for LeBron and trading for Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder, and like there just wasn't a cohesive strategy there, and you can't miss trading Kyrie Irving. Like that can't be a move that you're not fully committed to an identity in either direction, and by not committing to either direction, you got essentially nothing out of it because now out of that trade the good piece that you have out of it is the eighth pick and larry nance like that's that's a loss that's a very clear loss and i i don't know i just think not that there was any trust there to begin with but the fact that last summer they made a move where they kind of told LeBron, like, hey, we are kind of thinking about the future here, and that's what we're going to do with this trade is we're going to start building for the future. Well, that's not what LeBron would want, and that's not on LeBron's timeline, so I I just can't see it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, we'll see, right? I mean, again, this is kind of the – it's torture if you are the team, right, because you never really know what LeBron is going to do and on what timeline he's going to do it. Like, he's not going to really – he's not – even if he's really considering it, like – you know, I don't think it's a decision he's going to make or really help them figure out until he, he makes the decision. So um, you want to talk about sort of the, I guess, a more kind of general commentary about like something actually buck specific. So, you know, sure. to anybody who, who really wanted locked on bucks and not locked on general NBA, um, I guess the, we're making you wait until now. But um, but I know we I know people have jokingly uh, referred to it as our Twitter beef from uh, from the end of last <laughs> week. Um, and it started with with you uh, using the word shock to describe um, your reaction to to when uh, in our conversation with Cole Zwicker last week, um, I you know I made a comment saying that you know uh, a point guard would be kind of the top of my sort of from like a positional like if if you know you could uh, all all skill you know quality of the talent being even like what position would you prioritize? And I said a, a point guard 